0: Man, well guys, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Psalm 127 as we continue uh, our series, Ascend, Psalms of Ascent. We're in Psalm 127, um, and you may notice when you came in, there were no bulletins, which means you're like, I, I, don't, I don't have my sermon notes. So of course, we're emailing those out, and, and you, can always, um, you can always print those at home and bring those. Uh, but we have another cool thing you can do this morning, so we're going to throw this up on the screen. You've got to throw up the right one, bro. You've got to be in my slides. It's the second slide in my slides. It's not, not hard, man. It's not hard, uh, yeah, 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 let's, there you go. All right, so if you have your camera, this is cool, you can actually pull out your phone uh, and open up the camera app and just point it at the screen, and uh, let's see if, if, you can, if you can get it, and uh, oh, it says move closer, do you need me to move closer? Okay, it still wants me to move closer. I, 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 I'm going to be, ma- oh, I do need to zoom, what, what, I can just, I can just zoom, there you go, and, uh, and then it will pop up a window that says Open Uh when you do that, you have, uh, you have sermon notes right here on your phone. And uh, they're interactive. They're fill-in-the-blank. Uh, there's, there's additional uh, pieces where you can, uh, you can write your own notes, which is really cool. It has the scripture there on your phone that I'm going to go through. You can hover over. Uh, and then also, guys, there's a little tiny button up in the left corner that says Interact. And if you're missing the bulletin, uh, when you click on that Interact, Uh, It'll actually open up all the announcements, things like that, that you'd normally get in our bulletin, which is kind of cool. So uh, we're working through it. We're trying with technology. Remember, we have three screens, and uh, screens in the back and in the front, um, depending on lighting. I don't know which will work for you. Also, uh, remember, we sent out this link um, in our with our sermon notes, so our our sermon notes email that went to you, if for some reason you can't use the QR code, you can open up that email, and there's a link to to this, and you can click on that, it'll open it up for you, and it will work, and so, uh, guys, uh, we're in Psalm 127, I'm going to pray for us this morning, and then we are going to jump in, pray with me, Father, thank you for loving us, thank you for allowing us to gather together uh, in uh, your name, King Jesus, we pray that you'd be glorified, Holy Spirit, we just confess that we need you, and that you're the teacher of this church. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come and meet with us in a powerful way, that you would exalt Jesus Christ in our midst, and we would realize today that we need him more than anything else this world has to offer. Jesus, change us from the inside out. In your name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. So guys, I'm in Psalm 127. It's just five verses that we're going to read together. And here's our belief. Most people believe that this was penned by King Solomon. It was penned by King Solomon. There is another theory. The alternate theory is that it was written post-exilic period. right? So when you're thinking Ezra, Nehemiah, uh, those kind of things, it it was penned there. And and here's the thing. It works in both places. It works in both places. So here's what I believe wholeheartedly. I believe this song was sung during that post-exilic period, even if it was written by Solomon. And we'll kind of work through that as we read it this morning. And here is what the uh, the word of the Lord says. Uh, Psalm 127, starting in verse 1, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. He says, in vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gates. What on earth does that mean? All right, so let's talk about it. Three things I want to share with you this morning uh, that I I think are are important because it's the word of the Lord. But I also think um, have a lot to do with where we are right now. In our world, and so here's the first thing I want you to understand, guys. According to this text, uh, huge portions of our lives uh, are a waste because they're built around and they're focused on our activity, not God's. Okay, that scripture's true. The Lord, unless the Lord builds a house, its labors in vain. It, it means that huge portions of our lives. Are a waste because they are built around and focused on our activity, not on God's. And so uh, it, it's interesting here uh, that verse one has two conditional statements, and I'll put it up on the screen for you. It says, "Unless the Lord builds a house, it's builders' labor in vain." Right, that's a conditional statement. saying like, if God doesn't do it, it's vanity." And, and and then there's the second conditional statement. Unless the Lord is watching over the city, then the watchmen are actually watching in vain. Again, that's a conditional statement. And so we've got two conditional statements just in verse 1. And, and then that word vain, unless the Lord does it, it's in vain. Well, what does that mean? Well, the word vain here in the Old Testament, uh, it, it literally means empty, false, uh, nothing, or worthless. Worthless. Unless the Lord builds it, unless the, unless the Lord is watching over it, it doesn't matter what we do, because what we do ultimately won't work, right? Because what we do ultimately will we'll fall short. What we do ultimately will be ineffective. It will be unproductive. Ultimately, if, if the Lord is not in it, it is going to fail, is, is what the Bible declares, right? And, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you, and in fact, this verse, verse 2, I know, is a little uh, like it's easy to misunderstand. Verse 2, it says, in vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. And it almost seems like God's saying, don't work hard. That's not what it's saying, right? So, so the, the, this isn't saying that you shouldn't work hard. It's not saying that you shouldn't keep guard. It's not saying that you shouldn't keep watch. It's not saying that you shouldn't protect. But what it's saying is, if you do any of those things without God, they're going to fail. They're going to fail. Listen, we're at a place right now in our nation, there's a lot going on, isn't there, amen? A lot of confusion. Man, you ought to be a pastor and try to figure out what you're supposed to say to your people. What do you say? There's 50 million voices all screaming, everybody wants to talk about something. There's a lot of stuff going on. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Listen, uh, no matter what we build, and think about what we build with me and what we protect, right? Because this is what it's talking about in verse 1. It's talking about what we watch over, what we build. What do we build and what do we protect? We, 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 we build our homes, right? We protect those. Uh, we, we, we build uh, relationships in our families and we protect those. We build friendships, uh, we protect those. We build businesses, we protect those. Uh, we build government structures, we protect those. We build policies and procedures, we worry about protecting those. And what I'm going to say to you is none of that works without God. And, and and we find ourselves we thinking things like like I, I don't this is what I've struggled with this year. For for forever, uh, we 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 like to believe. We can man, like we're we're a Christian nation. We, we we're founded on Christian principles. We should be further along than this. We haven't lived out Christian principles real well. I mean, if we were founded on, we didn't do so hot with a trail of tears, did we? Right? Everybody would agree with that. Not not so hot hot with, with, with Slavery, Jim Crow, like, like we just we haven't lived it out well. And so what I'm going to say to you is like, this is why this time is so difficult because it seems like everything that we know seems to be kind of like almost, almost in, in, in danger of like crumbling. And, and, and here's what I'm going to say to you, like what we need is an architect who builds things at last, right? It's what we need. So listen, unless the Lord builds a house, its labor is in vain. So does that mean that I do nothing? I'll talk about our responsibility here in a second. Absolutely not. I think it means that we take on the attitude of Paul. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15.10, trying to describe himself. He says, listen, uh, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. And in his grace toward me, uh, it wasn't in vain. On the contrary, ready? I worked harder than any of them. Right? See, man, I worked harder than any of them, but get this, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Unless the Lord builds it, unless the Lord watches over it, it's in vain. And so we kind of begin there. Huge portions of our lives are a waste because they are built around and they are focused on our activity, not God's. Second point, guys. For our life to have meaning and make a difference, God must be actively working in us and through us. For our life to have meaning and make a difference, God must be actively working in us and and through us. And so let me tell you uh, what the first couple verses here in Psalm 127 are are, are not saying and then what, what it is saying. Okay, So it's not saying uh, that we do everything and God does nothing, right? Because, in fact, it, it flat out says, verse 1, that's vanity, that's foolishness, that's not going to work, alright? Anybody done that on your own, in your own strength, on your own, by yourself, you've tried to do something, it's failed miserably, right? Okay, that's, that's every Christian experience, amen? Yeah, absolutely. Do it out of my flesh, <laughs> not good, not good. So, so it, it declares that, verse 1, that's, that's not good, okay? But, but, but when we look into verse 2, it's also not saying that God does everything and I have no responsibility, Right? There's some people that kind of feel like that. Well, God does everything. It doesn't matter what I do. No, no, that, that's not it either. And, and so where it does begin to fall is, is something more like this, is that God does everything, and I have the responsibility to do something. That I have the responsibility as, as a person of God, as a child of God, I have the responsibility to do something. Right? It's kind of in our mission statement around here. We're supposed to love God, we're supposed to love people, and we're supposed to be people of, uh, that do something, that we're, we're doers of the Word. And, and, and listen, I, I told you that it's believed that Solomon wrote this, and the reason why we think Solomon wrote this is because it sounds just like Ecclesiastes, doesn't it? Right? No matter what you do, it's vanity. Uh, that, that's the book of Ecclesiastes. And so if you read Ecclesiastes for 12 chapters, Solomon goes on and says, it's all vain, it's all meaningless. And you're going, dude, man, you had everything, and life is meaningless, what hope do I have? And you get to the end of the book and then he he says this, he says, but when all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this, fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. So Solomon says basically, everything's meaningless except that. Love God, keep his commandments And, and ready for you. Is it just for you? Is that that the promise? Hey, hey, you should fear God and you you should be a doer of His word. Is that that just for your life? Absolutely not. It says, why? For all of humanity. For all of humanity. Guys, when we look around, humanity is broken right now. And what does humanity need? It needs people that fear God, right? That fear God and that live according to His ways. That live according to His ways uh, a guy named Josh Moody, I'm reading his book right now as we work through this series, uh, talks about how to do this, what it looks like. And if you're like me, uh, I mean, sometimes you hear that and say, okay, I need to fear God, I, I, need to, I need to do what God says, but that still seems a little vague, amen, right? Anybody else? A little vague? Like I still, I need, I need more than that pastor, and, 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 and maybe we shouldn't, but I, I'm, I'm one of those guys too. And so I love what he says in his book, kind of what it looks like. He says this, it looks like following God morally Spiritually, with an open Bible, in prayerful dependence upon God, praying that God would bless your work, what you do, and doing it all for Jesus. For we know that He loves us. If you're a Christian and you're wondering, what am I supposed to be doing right now? I would say something like that is what you should be doing right now. Right now, we should be following God morally, spiritually, with our Bibles open, prayerful dependence, praying God would bless what we do, doing it all in the name of Jesus. Last thing. This is where things shift, right? Verse 3 through 5. Last thing I want to share with you this morning. According to this text, we need to teach our children the importance of Jesus being the center of all that they do, and unleash them to impact the world for the kingdom of God. Maybe you've heard that statement, it's too late for us. Right? It's too late for us. It's really not too late for us. But I, I want to tell you who's going to impact the world more than us older folks, and I'm, I'm in that category. Right? People that are going to impact the world the most are going to be the kids that we unleash for the kingdom of God. It's really interesting how, how the Bible talks about children here. He says, man, and these kids are a blessing, right? And, and why are they a blessing, right? He says, they're, they're a blessing. Look, look at the language it uses. Because they're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Arrows in the hand of a warrior. I'll put that verse on there, verse, verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. And man, that strikes something in me. Because as a parent, I don't think of my kids as arrows very often, do you? I think of my kids as like little fragile things I have to protect. Right? No, 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 no. My, my kids are, are something fragile and I, I gotta protect them and I gotta keep guard of them. I gotta make sure no nothing happens to them. And the Bible's like, no, that's not what children are. Right? say, so no, no, your kids are, you're, you're, you're meant to keep them straight. So, so they'll fly in the right direction. And you're meant to keep them sharp so that they'll pierce anything that the enemy throws out in, in their way. And our children are meant to be weapons in the hand of the Lord for good. For good to advance the kingdom of God. And so, parents, that means we can't just maintain. We can't just try to not go corona crazy. Amen. Ooh. You've got to go outside, you've got to go outside, you're going to have to put down that screen, oh my gosh, never mind, get on the screen again, I can't take it. We've got to figure out a way to understand what God intends them to be, and that's powerful weapons in His hand. So what do we do when we come to an understanding of God's Word? Psalm 127 Psalm of Ascent. I'm singing this as I return to God. And God's going, hey, you need to return to me because some stuff's pretty jacked up in your life. So first step, step one, this is admitting the jacked up part. Ready? Take a deep and honest look at what our lives are built around and focused on. Unless the Lord builds a house, its labor is in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, its watchmen watch in vain. And so this requires us, guys, is there anything in your life that is not of God? And listen, when I say anything, I mean anything. I mean your personal life, I mean your family life, I I mean what, what you do for a living. Is there anything that God's fingerprints are not all over? Because it doesn't matter what you do, you can still do it with Christ as your foundation. And if there is any belief system that we have if, if there's any governmental system that we put our faith in or, or they, we, 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 we say, hey, this is what I'm about or this is what I'm... But, but, but it doesn't look like Jesus, then as followers of Jesus, it, part of our job, right, is to admit like, hey, there, there's something broken in my life and in, in my belief system. Something broken. I, I don't know about you, more than ever, I, I look at the political system in America as a whole and go, boy, that doesn't look like Jesus at all. Amen? we got a lot of people taking pictures. We don't have a lot of people opening up the Bible saying, God, what have we done wrong? So we have to start. And listen, it doesn't start with them. Because you know who votes for them? We do. You know who decides they they should run for office or not? We do. So it's got to start in us. And it's got to start in our family. And then it's got to start in our church. And then it's got to impact our community. And once it impacts our community, it's got to, got to stretch beyond that, right? To the Austin city limits and then the state of Texas and then the nation. But It all begins with us and with our hearts. And so we start here, man. We take a deep and honest look at what our lives are built around and focus on. second thing we do is we repent. This part's not fun. Because repentance is tough and it's hard. Because sometimes we've been walking in one direction for so long that we don't even remember what's in the other direction. Anybody ever been there? I don't even remember how to get back. That's what repentance is. Repentance is turning around and saying, God, I've, I've followed after the wrong things. I've put my hope in the wrong things. I've put my trust in the wrong things. There are systems of belief in my life that, that aren't based upon you, that don't look like you. They're definitely not based in love. They're based in judgment. And I, I, I've got to be willing to, to understand that where I am isn't good and I need to turn around and start heading back this way. Right? That's what repentance is. It's hard, but it is worth the work. So we have to repent and return to Jesus, uh, return Jesus to his proper place in our life. And uh, he's got to be the foundation, guys. He's got to be the focus, which just brings me to the last point. Ready? Is that then we have to, uh, as we have done that adults, we've got to prioritize the heart of our kids. Anybody else struggling with this? I am. It's not too late. This is like, my kids are out of the house. Yeah, got, got, got some in my house. But it's never too late to prioritize the heart of your children. And to make it more than just, hey, how are you? And how's work? And how's, it's never too late to prioritize the heart of your children. But it's got to start with your heart being right. And when our hearts are right, and they're beating for Christ, it's not that. Has an impact on all those that we are surrounded by, right? Somebody asked Dr. Tony Evans what we do from here. How do we fix this where we find ourselves right now? And Dr. Evans said it starts with your, your personal faith, right? I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. It starts here, then it impacts your family, and then your church. Right, it has to be focused on the things of Jesus, and and uh, then then eventually it's going to affect your community and your country and your world. And 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 I, I would say along those lines, guys, that if we look at our lives and there is anything built that is not of the Lord, so how do I know that? Ready? If it doesn't look like Him, if it doesn't love like Him, it, if it doesn't care about justice like Him, I'll throw this one out there: if it's not holy like Him a whole lot of stuff out there right now that's not, it's not holy. It's not holy like Him. Jesus tells everyone, come to Me. But He tells everyone that comes to Him, now go and sin no more. We have to be about those things again. In the very heart of who we are if our world has any hope of changing. And listen, it doesn't stop. Okay, Listen, I'm trying to tell you, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is first and foremost, my life has to be built upon Christ. My family's life has to be built upon Christ. Our church has to be built upon Christ. And now, I want to make sure that my community is also built upon the love of Christ. That's our responsibility in the community. Or or what we're doing in our community. Right? Whether that's with policing, or that's with immigration, or that's with our school system, are we acting in love Right? Is that, is, that, is that what we're doing? Or is it in something else? Something political that's about something you fill in the blank. You follow me? Right? Because the old hymn that I know says that they will know that we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes, they will know that we are Christians by our love. So here's my challenge to you, church. I'm not trying to offend you politically. I don't care who you vote for. There's not a good candidate anyway. I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm, I'm just being honest. A bunch of photo ops out there. But if your life is not defined by the love of Christ, you're falling short of your responsibility to God. Unless the Lord builds the house, its labor's in vain. That doesn't mean I don't have responsibility. My responsibility is, is to follow him, open Bible, prayerful dependence, asking that he would be in everything that I do. That's where we start, all right? And then we hold people accountable for that love of Christ. And then we'll begin to see change, okay? I'm gonna pray for us. I'm gonna have Miss Catherine come up. We've got some awesome announcements, like Vacation Bible School. She's, she's like in character even, which is pretty awesome. Uh, you actually don't have to wear your mask up here, but put it on down there. That's fine. That's fine. Can't even see your eyes, right? She's got a hat and a mask. Like, I'm, I don't know if it's Catherine, to be honest. I'll have this person come up on stage. Uh, let me close this in prayer for a second before Miss Catherine comes in and speaks to us. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thanks for allowing us to gather here. And uh, thank you for air conditioning. Woo! Woo! Yes, Jesus, as we wear masks. Thank you for air conditioning. Uh, God, we love you. I-, I thank you for your word. Father, I pray that as we prepare to leave this place that we would be challenged to take hard looks at our lives and make changes so that we look like you and the world can see you in us in everything we do. In every policy we encourage, yes, but definitely in our personhood. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.